Hello, and welcome to the Extemporous Bible Podcast. My name is Kate Liu, and this is my first episode as the solo host. So a couple things about me. I'm a junior at Plato East Senior High School. I've been competing in speech and debate since the start of last year, and I'm super excited to be here. Today, we're joined by an NSDA semifinalist, NITOC semifinalist, a finalist at the UT Longhorn Classic and at the Bronx, but most importantly, an MBA invitee and the Glen Brooks champion, Lashore Kumar. Say hi. No, hey everyone, my name's Lashore. <laughs> so Lashore, uh, how did you get started in with Extemp? Like why this event specifically? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, so I guess I'll give a little bit of my origin story. A little bit of a villain origin story, actually. Um, I started speech and debate back in seventh grade. Uh, my school never had a middle school speech and debate team. So I had to join an all Chinese school called Hua Sha. And it was, I was, you know, it's true. Uh, Kate's laughing oh for those who can't see. Yeah. Um, and so I was like the one brown kid out of like a bunch of um, people who didn't look like me. And classes weren't even taught in English or excuse me. Yeah, I weren't even taught in English for the most part. But it's where I found my love for speech and debate. And I was a PFer for the longest time. And um, what I always tell people, which is a little bit embarrassing, is that when I imagined myself on the national stage, like a lot of people do, I always thought it would be for PF. You know, I never thought it would be for something like Extemp. And so when I went to high school, I, I found a partner and for ninth grade, we tried competing in PF, but at the end of ninth grade, he unfortunately got deported back to India. Um, if you guys remember around that time, DACA restrictions got a, a lot tougher. So really uh, through 10th grade, I stopped competing, but then in the last semester of 10th grade, my teacher threw me into extemp. She, in Texas, we have something called UIL, which is this big organization that does a bunch of academic competitions. And Extemp is one of the things that they offer. So because schools fund UIL so well, she just wanted to fill up all the entries in Extemp. She threw me in it, I did really well, and then I fell in love with Extemp. And ever since, I've, I've stuck with it. That's really great. So when you're thinking of Extemp, do you have a specific role model or like Extemp crush that you really look up to in this mm-hmm. event? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I'd say my biggest role model has been Theodore Gherkin, Teddy Gherkin, or as I call him, Coach Gherkin. When I went to Utniff after that 10th grade semester, uh, he was the f- by far the best person there. And he was somebody who, who just, he knew so much about Extemp, but the one thing that really set him apart for me was that he always was willing to share. He always wanted to help. I mean, I was a pretty crappy Extemper back then. I mean, I was not good, but even after camp, he always stuck with me. He always helped me whenever I needed help. And I, I honestly aspire to be like him to the extent community. He's a really great extemper mm-hmm. yeah. and a really great person to talk to. Yeah. So speaking of camp, specifically when you went to Utniff, do you have any like particular thoughts on camp? I know a lot of people mm. went there. I personally went there last summer. So like, what are your thoughts on Utniff basically? 100%. So after uh, that 10th grade semester and I had done like in total three rounds of extemp, I knew I loved it, but realistically, I come from a very, very small school team. Uh, we have not just an extent, but in total about five active people. And so there were just wasn't the resources for me to be able to get good at the activity if I were to just stick with my school. So I wanted to go to a camp that could lay the foundation for me, that like getting that, that true knowledge and true experience was what I built off of. And so that's why when I looked for extent camps, I mean, honestly, by far, Utniff was the highest ranked. And so when I attended it, the, the staff, the, the lessons, the substructure, everything down to the minute detail was what I needed that I think has set me up to, I, I think, take except for a more traditional approach and then on my own go and add these different things. 
Like, when you're doing extemp, do you think you're more of, like, a content person? Because that's how I felt Utniff really taught it, or more of, like, a delivery type of extemper. Oh, 100% delivery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, as much as I hate to admit it, I'm definitely a delivery person. But I think Utniff gears you more to your flaws. And so, for me, as a delivery person, we focused on content. And I think, for you, I don't know if, if you're a delivery person, but if you're a content person, they probably would have focused more on delivery for you. Yeah, that makes sense. I completely agree with that. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's helped a lot specifically on like the Texas circuit? I know you're from Houston and that circuit's like super competitive. Do you think that Utniff really helped with that? Well, okay, I'll put it this way, right? So after I had done the three rounds of extemp in my 10th grade year, had gone to Utniff, I really didn't know how good I was. Because, you know, it wasn't, even though I had done good in those three rounds, it wasn't fair to say that it would translate into actual NSDA normal rounds. But the first tournament I came back to, it was called the Joby Jordan Swing, or Jordan Doby Swing. And it was a TOC qualifier. And my first tournament back, I ended up winning it. And there was, like, very notable people at that tournament. And so, I, I guess in short, yeah, Utniff really helps you get the, the technical experience you need. And I think just to camp, camp one in general. Nice. Specifically on like the Texas circuits, do you have any thoughts on it or mm -hmm. anything you think that's interesting about it? That's a good question. Um, honestly, I can't even lie. Texas is a little bit of a toxic, toxic circuit sometimes. <laughs> there is a lot of drama that goes on on the Texas circuit. I mean, you know, oh, you're, yeah. you're from, from Plano, right? The uh, Real interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I love the Texas circuit. I think we're a little bit spoiled in the sense of since every local is probably more competitive than, than some like state tournaments in, in other places, when we go to NSDA and we go to these national circuits, it's pretty reflective of, of the competition that we have back at home. But I think it kind of sucks in the sense of, I know for, for some schools, if you maybe aren't the best at your event, but you just want to compete, it kind of sucks having to go to a tournament every single time and having to go against like national winners, right? And so, unfortunately, yeah. that takes some people out of the activity, causes toxicity, but you have to make the best with what you have. It just, like, breeds these really cracked people all the time, I think. No, for sure. Yeah, actually, from my <laughs> district, I think last year, I was a semifinalist, but the one, there was one girl who I think was a two-time original oratory national champion, so. We, oh, my God. We pump, we pump out champions in East Texas, what can I say? What what is Houston on? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, thinking more nationally, uh, we can kind of run through the tournaments that you've been to. So this season, I know you went to the Bronx. Did you have any thoughts on like the tournament structure or mm -hmm. how it was run specifically? Bronx was great. If I'm not mistaken, I was the only Texas person to attend. Uh, for me, the reason was I guess quick quick little backstory to add to my my not my villain mm -hmm. origin story. This is actually a good detail, but. Uh, my coach at the end of last season, end of my 11th grade year, she unfortunately decided to retire, work on more with her family. And so we got a new coach. And when my coach got his school email, I know I, I emailed him. And I said, I have two goals for this season. One of them is to get an invite to the NBA. And the other one is something I won't say, cause it's a little bit personal, but the first one was to get an invite to the NBA. So I knew in order to do that, I have to attend these national circuit tournaments. And so the first one that I was able to, that like fit in my schedule, uh, was going to the Bronx. And so when I went there, I was a little bit disappointed just in terms of the way the questions were made and in terms of some of the judging. 
but I think they ran the tournament logistically very well. And I unfortunately gave a very poor final speech. <laughs> Embarrassingly, I went 6-15, I think, on my final speech, which kind of tanked my results. I got a 2-2-2-6-6, two, 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 six, six. so it was all over the place. Uh, and yeah, it, it kind of hampered my Bronx experience, but it, it was my first taste of the national circuit for that season, so it was necessary. And then after the Bronx is Glenbrooks, I believe, which mm-hmm. you, you know, won. It's the reason you're here. <laughs> so... Uh, I think Extem Central wrote it best. You beat out 100 other Extempers mm-hmm. to get that title, which is really impressive. So do you have any thoughts on Glenbrooks? Maybe questions or rounds or just general, like, tournament shenanigans? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Glenbrooks is one of those things where just the name, it sounds, like, really badass. Right? Oh, actually, actually, I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> it's fine, it's um, fine. Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> I know, just the name Glenbrooks it makes it sound really cool, right? So... It's, uh, I think XM Central says it's like a tier three or something, but I more mm. basically just thought of it as like, in in the year, it's probably the most competitive national circuit, and in terms of the entire season, behind Harvard, it's probably the most competitive circuit, right? So yeah. I, I went to Glenbrooks with the goal of finaling, because I knew the only way I was going to get an NBA invite was if I also finaled at Glenbrooks, right? And at this point, winning was on my mind. I wanted to be realistic and say like, okay, if mm-hmm. I make finals, that'd be awesome. And so... The entire Glenbrooks experience, obviously I was nervous, but I met like some of my friends that I haven't seen like so long, you know, Brandon Chang, somebody I've really come to be close with on the national circuit, uh, Robert Zong, who even though he's just over at Elkins, I barely get to get to see him. And so in terms of the experience, it was awesome. Questions, I loved it. Judging was good, but the nerves were really <laughs> set going into them, my semifinals round because my goal was to make it to finals. But after I had finally made it to finals, honest to God, I didn't feel nervous at all because my goal wasn't to win. My goal was just to go in and have fun and experiment, um, be a little bit risky. And I guess that played off for me. Yeah, Extemp is all about having fun. Do you think anything in that final round in particular you like mm-hmm. remember or was it just like you gave a good speech? No, it wasn't, it wasn't as simple as giving a good speech. And the, the reason I say that is because, I mean... I'm not even saying this to, to be modest, but realistically, every single other person in that round uh, was more known and was probably more respected and, and than I ever was in extent, right? And like right, rightfully so, I look up to all those people. Uh, but I knew that when I was in that final round, I knew I I had to do better than just giving a good speech. I couldn't just focus on saying, telling myself like, oh, you know, let me give the best thing ever. One, because my nerves would go crazy. But two, because mm-hmm. everybody's giving ceiling speeches. Everyone's giving the best that they've ever done. So I had to play the judges, right? I knew that after listening to six people give stellar, amazing speeches, they start to blend together. So I thought, okay, what can I do to make it different? So for me, that was doing really kind of risky humor and kind of being playful with my jokes, being really outgoing, having charisma, capturing the room. It was all of those non-content, non-exempt things were taught not to use, but honestly make the difference. So I give you an example, right? I, w- I walk into the room and I think Tyler Cravella was my cross-sexer. And so I make a little joke mm-hmm. to Tyler. I say like, hey, it's nice to see another Texer, Texas on this, well, Texan on the circuit. <laughs> and then when I'm giving my answer, I, I state the question I'm, and I'm like, and the answer is hell yes, right? So it's yeah. things like that, that I have to play really risky, but it it could either pay off it makes or it the could, difference. Yeah, I could either get blacklisted or I, or I can win. 
and you won so yeah and then embarrassingly something i told you Mm -hmm. in confidence but you Mm -hmm. know what since it's for the wonderful you might as well say it i might as well say it what was your intro (laughs) lashore why didn't you tell us (laughs) uh well it wasn't my intro it's more so my on tops i I made a joke about being single not having a girlfriend so but you know what maybe now this is like semper's bible this can change who knows who knows yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so clearly the Glen Brooks is a really great tournament for you. Mm, and yeah. then afterwards, and most recently, was the Longhorn. So do you have any thoughts on that tournament? Especially because you went to Utnip there. Yeah, no. I mean, Longhorn was great. For, for me, honestly, my coach wanted to drop me from the tournament. And, and myself as well. Because I after Glen Brooks, even though you have one a one-week break, it's draining, right? Because you do, yeah. gosh, like, what, seven, eight rounds at Glenbrooks of, like, just the most obscene competition. And then you have to go a week later, do the same thing for Longhorn. On, on, on two, two sides. sides. On two, yeah, exactly, on two sides, Which nonetheless. Is a lot. Yeah. So when I went to Longhorn, my expectations were low. Obviously, the, like, the, um, by then I had got my MBA invite. Also, really fun fact, this is kind of interesting, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to sidetrack, side but after I had won the Glenbrooks, on my mind, I was like, okay, I'm not going to get an NBA invite because, because I feel like this isn't a dig to NBA, but I feel like historically, you know, local people kind of get thrown out the picture and there's, there's a whole story for that, that maybe I can talk about later, but I was like, okay, I feel I'm not going to get an NBA invite, but I think 90 minutes later, my coach calls me and says, you got to invite to the NBA. And I found this out in the lobby of my hotel as the cops were raiding my hotel. What? Yeah. So there was this, this lady in the- <laughs> At is- your hotel? Yeah, this is-, this is so off topic. I'm sorry, but there is- No, it's good. This is a podcast. You're meant to ramble, man. Yeah, yeah. There was this, this lady who, um, her boyfriend was checked into the hotel because she, she was being like abusive or whatever. She was being like, like a crazy girlfriend. And so she starts running around the hotel and I, I'm just in the lobby, like doing work right after the tournament, relaxing. And by then I don't know, I got an NBA invite. And so she, she's running around the hotel and then she starts asking me questions, but she's super nice. She's like, oh, hey, have you seen this guy? And, and, and she was like, she's my, he's, he's my husband. I really need to see him. And I was like, oh no, I haven't. But you know, if I see him, I'll let you know. And then oh, 10 minutes later, boom, cops come raiding in, right? <laughs> They're oh like, God. have you seen this lady? Have you seen this lady? And I'm like, oh no, God. I haven't seen this lady. And then she comes at the elevator. Yeah, no, she comes at the elevator with her husband. And the cops are like, you need to step away from her. You need to get away. And then she just slaps her husband and runs out the building. Oh my God. Five minutes after that, I get the call that I made the NBA. That has (laughs) to be one of the most unique ways to find out you got the invite. No, Adam Johnson was listening. Adam Johnson knew the right time to call. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was waiting for the drama to be over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that's a great... What were we talking? Longhorn? Was it? Yes, sorry. Longhorn Classic. Longhorn. Okay, so basically the reason I talked about that was because after I got my MBA invite, pressure was low, right? I honestly just mm-hmm. wanted to go have fun at Longhorn, meet some of my friends. Of course, I got to see you, Kate, which, oh, which was awesome. Oh, how fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, it was fun. Yeah, no, it was great. Got to meet up with my Academy 37 crew. And yeah. FX didn't go great for me. It was six rounds on the first day. So two rounds, two, two, yeah, two prelims for FX, two prelims for DX, and then quarters for either side. 
And so by the time I did quarters for ethics, I honestly was just drained. I, I gave a bad speech. I think it was fair for me not to move on to semis, but could I have done better? Absolutely. I was just drained. And now I was stuck in USX on the side that had a larger pool, an arguably more competitive pool, and most importantly, the event that I don't do, right? Because I'm an FXer. I never do USX. And so I think that night I went home and, or went to the hotel and I, I texted Coach Gherkin and I said, tell me everything you know about US politics. It's like, what to, is going on right now? Yeah, like what is going on to just prepare me for the next day? And uh, it kind of worked out. Final round was very interesting. I think that was, I can without a doubt say that was the most competitive final round I've ever been in. Everybody just gave yeah. freaking amazing speeches. Right. As someone who watched it, it was, I only got, to, I didn't get to watch your speech or I think of Robert, course. he was of second. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes I just really don't want to see you. It just oh, happens. I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but, <laughs> but every, but like, honest to God, that round, you could have put it on the NSDA final stage and like told me it was a final round for Nats and I would have believed you. It was mm. very competitive. Everyone did so great. I'm sure your speech was great. Despite all the smack, I like Thank to you. talk. And... Mm. Like, it was just very impressive. Also, because I think half that pool does not main USX, yeah. to my knowledge. So, it was just pretty funny to see, like, the script flipped. So, Yeah, no, for sure. And a little plug, I will say half of the final round for USX <laughs> went to a wonderful little thing called Academy 37. Oh, what's that? So, oh, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure you're not familiar with it, Kate, so don't worry. I have no clue. Academy 37 is a 501c3 corporation ran by Brandon Chang, my wonderful king of Extemp. And it's a cost-free program for Extempers across the nation. Uh, We run summer programs that help people get to the level that they need to, but more importantly, get to the level they want to. Wow. Yeah, a little little spicy there. That was was really impressive. (laughs) Um, I would like to say that Extempers Bible is not affiliated with Academy 37. Some people, Mm -hmm. aka me, just work on both, but it's a great program. Anyways... So looking forward to kind of the rest of the season, I know you have MVA next, obviously, after getting oh, yes. a very exciting invitation. I think from the day we're recording this, which is a few days after Christmas, it's like a week away, which is pretty insane. But mm-hmm. aside from MVA, are you going to anything else that you know of for the rest of the season? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I had to, unfortunately, okay, if you're not on the Texas circuit, we have something called the Cap City Round Robin. And that's basically uh, what the NBA is for Texas kids. Uh, so they invite 16 people. They go to, I think it's Austin, Texas, Hendrickson High yeah. School. I and think they it's around Robinson. school. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, I had to decline that invitation because I had Allstate that weekend because I played the cello. Yes. Very nerdy <coughs> instrument. <Nerd. clears throat> okay. That's unnecessary. <laughs> At least I don't make Instagrams about chai but that's okay what is there a problem with that <laughs> no no it's okay it's okay okay don't worry about it it's okay it's amazing yeah, not that not I'm biased mm. says you okay sure. continue okay. <laughs> aside from that rude comment i uh, i had to decline the invitation because i had all state and i was planning on going to harvard but honestly i don't think i'm going to I, right now, am absolutely swamped with college applications. Yes, even though it's three days before the deadline. Uh, just trying to grind out all of my other stuff. I, unfortunately, extemper community, I did not get into Stanford early. So I got deferred, and so now I have to do all my other applications. 
And so my round robin, my NBA performance, it'll be questionable, but we'll see how it goes. Again, goal is to have fun. He says questionable, but he'll probably do great. We'll see, we'll see. And then let's... So for NBA, are you doing anything to prepare or is it kind of just all like college apps, college apps, college apps? <laughs> no, no, I definitely am doing stuff to prepare. Uh, my coach Alex and I, we have been meeting frequently to, to discuss it. Probably should be meeting more often, especially considering I'm barely practicing. But I am absolutely turning it up now. Uh, for the past like two days, I've started to get back into it. You knock a little bit of the rust off that's accumulated a lot more than I thought. <laughs> And also prepare for the weird things that NBA has. So for those of you who don't know, I didn't know this before, but NBA isn't just 10 rounds of extemp. There's also like three obscure rounds. For example, one of them is you have to use a visual aid. They'll give you like a tissue box or something and you have to make your own question and answer that oh own question God. using the visual aid. Was so you that from Kate, your past? Or? Uh, no, no, this is something they do every year. Oh, what? <laughs> um, so, Kate, I, I do hope you know this, as you are I, an I was not aware of this. <laughs> um, <laughs> feeling really good about that right now. <laughs> so, yeah, as He's an laughing NBA invite so to hard yourself, right now. You should, you should know that, Kate. There is obscure rounds. I, I didn't know there were ex- obscure rounds. I didn't know they were going to give us an object. And you have to make a question? And then answer it using that object my brain is breaking okay sorry continue about these <laughs> rounds so that's one of them uh there is also fake news alerts so like throughout the tournament they'll be making like fake announcements of like the united states has blown up or something i don't know uh and then you'll have to over the course of the the round robin use some of those fake news announcements this is coming from alex my, my coach by the way so if some of the details are obscure it's it's not their fault it's probably my fault for translating <laughs> wrong uh, and then I know, this is really cool, actually. I found out about this a few years ago, not recently. They used to do a final round for the round robin, which after yeah. eight rounds of competition, they would take What's the top... What's it called? Exhibition? Something, something like that? Yeah, something like that. Exhibition. And I think it was the top six extempers, four extempers. And you would have to choose a charity, make a three-minute pitch speech about it. And whoever pitched the best charity, NBA donated $10,000 to the charity in your it's name. Mr. Beast on steroids. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, 100%. Sounds like NBA is going to be a very interesting experience, especially <laughs> yeah. with new information being learned, but it's all right. So now for the section about how you got good, I feel like we kind of already covered camp, but was there a specific moment, a clicks moment, where you realized you were pretty good at extemp? That led to like a dramatic improvement in a pretty short period of time. I'd have to say it was still my my tenth grade year. Like I can't even. I know I've talked about it. As we say in Texas, I'm gonna have to beat the cow. Beat the cow. Beat the cow. <laughs> do not say that in Texas. Well, may, maybe not in your part, Kate, but in maybe my part in Texas. Houston. Yeah, down down in Houston, H Town, we say, "Don't beat the H-town. cow dead." Yeah, H Town, Houston. You know, do you get the connection? Okay, moving on. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to beat the cow dead and say that in my 10th grade year, UIL state finals, when I found out that I got fourth, oh, you know what, no, actually, no, no, I take that back, take that back. Scratch it off, Kate, scratch that off. All right. Regionals. We're, we're unbeating the cow dead. <laughs> Unbeat the cow dead, it's alive. Yeah. Now beat it dead, because in regionals, finals of UIL, 
I I gave my speech. It was over. I forgot. It was over something. Oh, oh it's, you know what? I still remember. It was over court court backings in like the Texas justice system, right? There was like it's a backlog mm-hmm. immigration cases. And I gave this speech. If you don't know in UIL, you can't use the internet. So I had to just take knowledge off the noggin. Some of it was uh, unfortunately probably not very accurate, but I tried my hardest. And after the extent round, I, I thought I did so bad that I literally told my team at the time. I was like, let's not even stay for awards. Let's just go get dinner, right? Because I was hungry. Mm-hmm. I'm a foodie, as Kate knows. And yeah. um, so I was... Amongst other things. Okay. So, again, <laughs> unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But I was more concerned about going to Baylor's food hall. And so, in the middle of the our, our dinner, I get a call from my coach. And she starts, like, screaming at me. She's like, get over here now. And I'm like, oh, God. I did something wrong. I definitely said, like, some <laughs> wrong piece of evidence that was, like, hella unethical. They're going to kick you out of the tournament. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was praying to every god in existence. I was like, okay, something's about to happen. But I, I ran over, and then she's just smiling, and she's like, you got first place. And that was the moment I realized, okay, I have a future in this activity, and let me pursue it. Side note, was it held at Baylor? Like, yeah, Baylor University. That's crazy. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Wow. Getting first place at regionals, like, the second time you're doing extemp ever, mm-hmm. it has to be, that's really impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have any favorite pieces of news or, like, sources you like to use when you do extemp? Ooh, that's a good question. A little bit of a nerdy question. Mm. I'd have to Perfect say... For you. <laughs> okay. Um, I'd have to say Economist, for sure, is a classic. Uh, mm. Whenever I don't have an AGD or I want, like, a really great narrative, Economist is a go-to, for sure. Uh, and then probably some more niche news sources. Let's see. Um, Le Monde, I really like that one. It's a smaller organization. I think it's a think tank, or I may just be completely wrong. French news source. Uh, I love foreign policy, although their ads have been going pretty crazy recently. There's a lot of ads on the website. And, hmm. I don't know. I'm pretty basic when it comes to sources. I feel like I don't, I'm not that different or anything. I just use whatever's there. I tried throwing think tanks, some more local newspapers, local sources, things like that, but nothing crazy. Yeah, The Economist is always a solid choice for, like, every exemplar. Yeah. So, yeah. Is, do you think that's the one source every exemplar should be using or reading? Oh, 100%. I mean, what I really like about Economist is that they, it's kind of, it, honestly, it's really geared to what an extemplar wants, right? They have broader analysis over international stuff, and then they have really in-depth analysis over U.S. issues, which is kind of how an extemp speech for USX and IX works, right? Because for IX, your analysis is going to just by nature be less in depth, whereas for USX, it's going to have to be really focused. Uh, and what I also really like about economists is that they have, I think they call it the A to Z terms of the world, where they have like things from the Arab Spring to uh, like international economics and like specifics about each one, and it teaches you everything you need to know about it which obviously will help you when you're reading your extent question for the first time. Exactly. Do you, is there like a reason why you chose international extent over domestic? Because I know for UIL, the categories are like persuasive. And yeah, powerful. yeah. No, they do really stupid stuff for UIL. They're, they're pretty yeah. ancient. It's no internet. And then persuasive is, it's like normal extent. You can choose an opinion, but informative, you have to be unbiased. You can't like choose a side. It's, you're literally just like... Yeah. It's like an infographic, it's right? It's an info. Yeah, it's an info. 
Um, for normal extent, honestly, I think I chose IX because the topics are just more interesting. Like, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. This is, this is a hot take. All right, this is Shore's hot take number one. U.S. politics are, are pretty boring. Like, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know how people find U.S. six interesting. Like, you're talking about the nichest, most, like, mundane politics. Like, I don't care what Trump's doing in his political campaign, right? If it's just, like, he's losing support or gaining support. More so, I care about, like, international issues that, like, are affecting broad-scale economics, are affecting countries' democracy. Those things are a lot more interesting to me than what some presidential candidate's trying to do. So you're on the, like, international extent is better train. Oh, for sure. And harder. Oh, my God. People who think that IX is easier than USX are simply wrong. Let me tell you. As an IXer... <laughs> to, wait, Kate, you're an IXer, right? Uh, I actually don't have a preference. Okay, so you're trying to be different. Last... You're trying to be one of those. No, no, no. Okay, last year, I was DX, okay? Because mm-hmm. when you start out, you're like, oh, this is so much easier, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then... But now, like, I don't have a preference. Like, I haven't been to a tournament where I'm forced to choose yet, so. Okay, well, ignoring that whole part of you trying to be unbiased. Because I can tell you have a preference, okay. and I can tell it's the IX. I don't have a preference. Okay, okay. Okay, but as the IXer here, let's Yeah, sure, sure. It. Let me just assume you're an IXer. Uh, honestly, I, I feel like people think you can have more like surface level analysis which is true honestly that is true for ix but it's a lot easier for people to call you on your crap like i think because mm-hmm. usx politics are so polarized and it's like so much people know so much about it the second they see someone else in that round they see a speaker have that same level of knowledge i feel like they're going to respect it whereas for an ixer because everybody just has like surface level analysis they're really quick to judge right they're really quick to just assume it's wrong that's why i feel like it's harder interesting i've definitely heard both sides of the argument Mm -hmm. but ix is like very hard like for sure i used to think it was way harder Mm. than dx so uh when it comes to practicing for ix do you do a lot more reading or do you think you do more speeches so okay so this is something that's really interesting um and i didn't realize i was one of the only people to do it, but I never give full speeches at home. I only practice in um, like one and dones or what I call disparate drills. And the reason for it is pretty simple. Even I, a lot of people say it, but I truly don't have time to just do extemp, right? I do music. Uh, I do a lot of like research and like obviously school stuff, like, like every extemper. And so extemp is typically on the back burner for me in terms of extracurricular activities. So when I knew... I wanted to achieve all these things in extemp over the year, like get an invite to the NBA and whatnot. I had to think really logically. I had to maximize the time that I had. I think when people give full speeches, it's more so for their personal satisfaction than it is for improvement, right? Because it's so much nicer to be like, if, if I'm, I'm texting someone and I'm like, oh, hey, Kate, I just gave a full speech the past like seven days. You know, the past week I gave a speech a day. I'm so proud of myself. Like it sounds Great. Yeah, it sounds great, you know, but honestly, how much improvement is that giving you? To me, I think of it kind of like how I think about music, which is that the only time I should be giving full speeches is if every part of my analysis, every part of my substructure and content is perfect to the point where I just want to do like a run through. I think of it as like a run through. 
But for me, obviously, I have a lot of mistakes in Excel. I have a lot of problems, which is why I'm going to focus on those like doing a specific point or doing an intro or like a transition. And then only once I've mastered all of that, am I going to do on a rare occasion a full speech? Yeah, that's totally fair. I think the time thing is a big thing. Like I just, there's no time Mm -hmm. to give a lot of speeches, senior year, junior year, whatever it is. Yeah. So in that case, do you think you do a lot more reading of like the news and specific analysis? Oh yeah, I guess I didn't really answer your original question. My bad, my bad. No, that's fine, don't worry. Uh, (laughs) uh, Okay, I I would count it as reading, but it's not really reading. I listen to a lot of podcasts is basically what it is. Yeah. Um, That's my kind of guilty pleasure. And honestly, okay, this is underrated, but hear me out. TikTok has got some some good source of information. <laughs> don't quote TikTok in your extent, but... According to TikTok. Yeah, yeah, no, don't do that. But um, when I'm just scrolling through TikTok, my For You page is always really nice to me and will give me, like, news articles and, like, mm-hmm. recaps, people's analysis. And so it's interesting, right? Keeps it, keeps my mind fresh. Yeah, shorter attention spans require, we have to adjust. Yeah, you know, no, there's always Subway Surfers, like, just beneath the news article. <laughs> or, or the Minecraft parkour Minecraft playing in the sand, background. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, I think I agree with that. I deleted TikTok because I got too addicted to it, but if you go on Instagram reels or, like, YouTube shorts even, oh, you'll have this, like, random dudes. No, trust, they no. randomly just have the news, and it's great. Like, I remember, I don't know if you ever watched CNN 10, um... Mm-hmm way back when, but it was just, like, CNN had this one dude named Carla Zeus, and this is a random tangent, they put all the news in 10 minutes, I remember when, um, England was trying to do Brexit, and just, you know, Mm -hmm. exit, that was on the news, and my little sixth grade self was like, this is really cool, like, (laughs) but that's too nerdy for me, though, let me play tennis instead, which didn't work out, but, you know, yeah, uh, anyways, uh, when you're, like, prepping a speech specifically, do you have any, like, life hacks that have made it a lot easier, you think, to kind of shortcut your prep? Or do you have, like, a certain system? Yeah. Uh, okay. Honestly, I, I've been saying honestly a lot. Frankly, there, that's switched up. Frankly, Can't my really. prep strategy is not the smartest like it's not very okay obviously you guys won't be able to see this but i'll i'll guess i'll show your podcast host kate this is how my Mm. typical extents let me see if i can get the camera to focus it's a very full page so okay this is yeah it's a really long legal yeah if you think of the standard legal pad add like four inches onto it this is another thing i will sure kamar does not use standard legal pads i get the special extended version i think it's 14 inches yeah okay 14? <laughs> it's not 8.5 by 11. It's 8.5 by 14. The extra three inches Why do you know the metrics? Yeah, yeah, I do. Special order it every few months when I finish my prep pads. <clears throat> and um, the, the way that I do it is I do AB, um, AB structure, AB subpoint, and then I'll write down taglines, AGD, intro, all that stuff. Uh, and the, the problem... <laughs> The problem with what I do is that I write a lot about my sources. I'll write down the statistics, but then I'll always write down like some analysis. And so it makes my prep pad very full and unfortunately takes time. So that's why my up down time is probably like 2010, my split. Whereas it used to be 1515, but over time it's become worse to 2010 because I feel like I, I can't get away with really surface level analysis anymore. 
Well, that's the burden of being an IX, sir, as is. you said. Is. But that's very interesting that I don't know, I don't I don't do a vertical flow. Okay. So when I see it, I'm like, oh that's interesting. Yeah. But twenty ten splits not the worst, I guess. Are you trying to improve that or do you kind of think like, oh, it's a sacrifice for the content? <sighs> no, I mean I would like more practice time. Like, I, the fifteen fifteen was perfect for me, right? Because it's it gave me time to maybe run through, like, two times. But, honestly, Kaioshis are just becoming harder. Like, like I can't even, I can't even lie about it. It's just become, they're becoming more complex. And so, it takes time for me to come up with good analysis. Whereas, I think when I was just in itty-bitty extemper, even though this was, like, one year ago, uh, yeah. I, I didn't care enough to go too in-depth. For me, like, the second that 15 minutes came, whew, I was out of my seat. I was making up points if I had to, and I was just going... Ro- I was rolling with what I just had. Just riffing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're thinking of, like, UIL extemp specifically, mm. and you had to file, did you think that was a good thing? Like, do you still file? So, I don't physically file. Uh, for I guess for those of you who don't know, Kate's asking. Basically, in UIL, people will roll in big tubs of printed out uh, articles like and massive. using sorted. And so... My tiny little school, of course, does not do that. So what we do is just download articles onto a thumb drive. I, I'll never forget my first uh, school coach, my high school coach, her name is Miss Carpenter. Uh, amazing person, by the way. Miss Carpenter, for some reason you're listening to this. I love you. <laughs> but uh, what Miss Carpenter did was amazing. She got her first year debate students as their final assignment to download f- uh, 15 articles each. And... Um, that was her little gift to me so that when I went to UIL State, <laughs> she just gave me all their final assignments on the hard Wait, day. that's so sweet. It is really it sweet. Also, it was extremely smart. Also so, really funny. Yeah, so I ended up taking it a thumb drive with like 2,500 articles downloaded and it was awesome. That, that's really funny that you're, that was their final assignment? Part of their final assignment. They had to, I think like the more articles they downloaded, like the better for them or whatever, <laughs> it was something like that. That's that's a dedicated coach right there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I guess filing nowadays, a lot of people think it's kind of fallen out of favor. So, mm. if you still have those articles, maybe they're relevant. Yeah. You never know. You never know. Okay. Um, we already talked about the rest of the season, so I guess we can move on more to, like, reflections on extent. Sure. So, this is a question, I believe it was NBA a few years ago, like, if there was one rule you would change about extemp, what would it be? I think I'd say the note card. In Texas, at least. I don't know about um, how other circuits work. But in Texas, mm-hmm. most locals let you use a note card if you are in novice. But the problem is that yeah. since there's so many Texas locals, it eventually trepidates into, like, you can use a note card even if you're doing, like, varsity extemp. And... By the time you go to some of the smaller locals, you have people in finals who are still using note cards. And unfortunately, because it's parent judges, they don't realize that you're not supposed to use a note card, right? That technically the rule is that if you use a note card and two people are neck and neck, the person who doesn't use it gets ranked higher. But again, because it's parent judges, they don't know that. And so you have like people who are in 10th grade, second year of extent, still using note cards and ranking higher than people who deserve it more. And so I would take out that rule. Yeah, that's totally fair. Do do you have any thoughts on like the what's the NSDA proposed rule change oh. about like using Ooh. a note card? Don't I don't get know me if started. this is Don't get me started. 
It's a podcast. You can get started. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, at Longhorn, through Academy 37, I don't know if I mentioned this, a 501c3 wonderful organization, uh, we <laughs> interviewed people at Longhorn Classic. We asked them what their thoughts were on the rule change. And, oh, my God, it was – everybody was in agreement. It's a horrible rule change. It's, it's absolutely stupid yeah. because it's not extemp. Just in the name, you're speaking extemporaneously. So having a note card takes away the entire substance of the, the event. Not only that, but Sasha Morell did a wonderful article, and he talked about how it only increases the disparities in extent when we start requiring people to, uh, or start allowing people to use note cards, because the same problems of people faking sources are going to persist, but the difference now is that people who are more used to it currently are able to continue using note cards and inherently have more experience than people who don't use note cards, and now it just becomes biased by judges, right? So if everyone's using a note card, it's really just perfect delivery from everyone. And how can, how can I rate extempers differently? Exactly. It becomes arbitrary how they rate extempers differently. So long story short, horrible rule change. I don't think it's going to be passed at all. I think it was just a proposal by probably like this one coach that had nothing better to do. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, no, it's a step in the wrong direction. Do you think source checking something that should be done? I heard that they do it in NSDA, like, I don't know if it's quarters or semis. Mm, it's semis, yeah. Um, it's semis. Like, mm. how do you feel about that? Do you think it should be implemented more? Ooh, so, I see why people do source checking. I honestly do. It makes sense. But at the same time, it's largely unnecessary because if, okay, this is hot take number two. LaShore's hot take number two, right? Mm-hmm. If people actually searched up the sources that people say in even the NSCA final round, I can confidently say about 20% of them are going to be accurate, okay? Like, even your yeah. your most well-known extempers, your favorites, right? Not dropping names, obviously. But favorites even like they... Lashore Kumar. <laughs> not Lashore Kumar. Okay, okay. I'll do that, <laughs> but... Um, I said not... it, not you, so I think it's fine. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, it's not that they, they want to make up sources, it's that... The data and everything that they're saying is correct. It's just that they forget it in the moment. And I think the problem is that when you have source checking, even if all your empirics are correct, but you just say the wrong source, the assumption is that you were trying to falsify information. And it's at that point, it's so hard to distinguish between you were trying to lie and it was a mistake. And the problem is that it just forces people to be disqualified. It forces people to be like thrown out of extent, quit extent, because they're fearful of things that are absolutely natural to happen. What most people don't realize is that if you're honestly trying to make up evidence, these judges are experienced enough at NSCA like rounds to know that you are making it up. It's so hard to sell the evidence. And um, even in, in like NSCA semifinals, they only source check your first semifinals round because NSCA has two. I remember the guy who source checked me, he... um. Should I go over the little process of how source checks works? Or yeah, okay, I think so it's, interesting. It, it's it's really intimidating. It's a little bit like um, not like the Olympics, but it feels like the Olympics. So they <laughs> they tell everyone in the round like, okay, you're gonna be source checked right now, and so after you prep your speech, uh, you walk to the room with someone with like a runner, and before you start the round, the five judges show themselves, and then this one guy in the back or girl or whatever raises their hand and says, hey, Lashore, I'm gonna be source checking you, and what they do is they have one note, one piece of paper, and one pencil. 
And their goal is to write down as much of the information that you're saying as possible from all the sources. So they're flowing? Yeah. After all six people finish the round, they walk back with you to the room and your laptop has to sing inside the whole time. You have to open your laptop and show them and they choose a source from their, the piece of paper they wrote down. You have to show that it was on your laptop. You have to show that you searched it up, show the name of the source, the year. And then the fifth thing is you have to show the actual data. So it's all right. these different requirements that you have to meet, right? And I obviously won't say the person who did this, but I remember the, mm-hmm. the person who did source check me. I think I ended up getting the year of my article. No, the year or month of my article wrong. It was like a U.S. Institute of Peace thing. Mm-hmm. And he just, he winks at me and he's like, I'm sure I wrote it down wrong. Because even he realized, like, it's such a stupid thing to be, like, disqualified. It's, like, one source. Yeah, exactly. Date. So that's my elaborate way of saying that source checking, like, it works in theory, but it's honestly, it's unnecessary. Because if people are going to cheat, they're going to be caught. And I don't yeah. think people should be disqualified over trivial things. Like, especially nowadays, like, people, like quadruple source the intro and mm. then i don't know i've heard people cite they'll cite like 15 sources before they even get to the <laughs> sos and i'm just like i would not be able to memorize them yeah. i don't know how you memorize them but it's it's hard to memorize sources and yeah. i think that source checking it is what it is mm-hmm. but that's really intense process yeah um kind of backtracking back onto reflections on extemp as a whole so looking at freshman you, or I guess for you, 10th grade, like end of 10th mm-hmm. grade you, do you have any advice you wish you could go back in time and just tell yourself? I would say you don't know what you don't know. And what I mean by that is that at the time in my 10th grade, there are so many moments in like 10th grade and 11th grade year, I felt like I was the, I was trying my very hardest. I thought I was doing the most practice. And yet when I would go to some tournaments, I felt like I was underperforming. And to me, I was like, oh, woe is me. Like, I'm trying my hardest. Why am I not doing well, right? But you don't know what you don't know, which is that sometimes it just takes one experience for it to click to you about like, oh my God, there's this whole other thing in extent I didn't even consider because I didn't know about it. And so when you find out about all these things, whether it's competing, whether it's talking to people, it can really shape how you do extent. All it takes is for the event to actually happen for the experience to happen so i I, what i would say to all these people not just 10th grade LaShore, is that if you are in a rut in extemp or you're not getting the results you want it's probably just because of an experience that hasn't happened for you yet or something you don't know yet so keep on learning keep on trying to find out what it is that you're missing and eventually you'll figure it out that's great so moving on to, I guess that kind of ties in, is that the best type of advice that you've ever gotten from a coach or a mentor or anything? Or do you think it's something else? Hmm. The, yeah, I definitely wasn't smart enough to come up with you don't know what you don't know. So I will give credit <laughs> to whichever coach told me that. I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, because I, I think all these like extemp-specific advice is so arbitrary, right? Like it really mm-hmm. only helps an extemp. So for me, when we're thinking of like, what's the best piece of advice, it's going to be like life advice or whatever, right? Yeah, it can be life yeah, advice. Yeah, yeah. So that's why, yeah, it's, you don't know what you don't know is definitely the most applicable here. Nice. So at least for questions, do you have a favorite or a least favorite, maybe the most memorable question you've ever gotten? And what is it? Mm. 
Okay, most memorable is, <laughs> is definitely my Glenn Brooks final round. Not just because it's important to me, but because it was a really freaking hard question. It was a hypothetical six actors. So like a, a oh? hexad, whatever you would call it. Yeah, something like that. It was uh, North Korea decides to form a defensive alliance with Russia and China. Should Japan, South Korea, and Australia do the same? Oh my god. Yeah, so it's a really complex question. Um, that was, but honestly, it was a fun question. It, it's not as hard as it seems like, because I think you can get away with more since, like, obviously you're not going to perfectly address all six actors. Mm-hmm. But it was a fun question because, like, you could, the jokes kind of write themselves when you're talking about, like, North Korea and Russia and China, like, kind of like the, the bad boys of national, international affairs. Uh, and that I was... I were to say of international stab. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was... A good question for me. Least favorite question, my national semifinals round. And you know what? Let me very quickly find that for you. This was my first national semifinals round. Yeah, the one that was source checked. I ended up doing very poorly in the round, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Don't think I can find it right now. But it was a question about Benjamin Netanyahu and Israel. And I think it was question was, will Benjamin Netanyahu be able to liberalize Israeli politics for the country and my god when i drew that question i was like the universe is against me because i do nothing nothing i didn't even know what liberalized politics means like i thought okay does that mean like he wants people to be more woke or something like i had no <laughs> idea what liberalized politics means so i just tried to be funny in the round i tried to win off the delivery clearly did not work because you did not see me on the final stage but <laughs> yeah it was uh unfortunate way to end the season or technically that was not my last round of the season the next semis round was do they run both semi-final rounds like in a row or is it like more of a stagger uh no it's, it's right after each other this is the third day of competition um we had two octaves rounds before and then we have two semis rounds to end the day off you do four rounds a day at uh, nsda hey maybe this year you never know maybe this year yeah Okay, is there a favorite, like, AGD or on top that you've ever given, or, like, a least favorite? Favorite AGD. Uh, yeah, you know, okay, this, I, <laughs> he'd kill me if I didn't tell him, it was credit to him, but one of my closest friends in extent, Matthew Abrams, uh, I call him Fat, Fat Matt, don't worry, he calls me Whale, we, we make fun of each other like that, it's a little humor. <laughs> Uh, he made this AGD at camp that I used in NSDA national semifinals. Uh, it was about North Korea and Kim Jong-un. It was like, uh, it was, yeah, standing at three foot five and a trimmed 320 pounds stands North Korea's fearless leader, Kim Jong-un. Kim says that his people are going hungry, but honestly, he clearly isn't. And it was, and then he just went on about like the food crisis in the country and like his background and stuff and uh i mean it's a tailored agd i guess yeah no it was a good agd and i have to give credit to him it definitely was him who who made it up and then worst agd i ever gave Ooh, i think it wasn't the agd on its own but i gave a narrative about a person who i think was in syria and um i won't say her name because obviously i forgot it but the problem was mm-hmm. that when I went to the the conclusion to do like, you know, the whole circular thing and link back to the AGD, I said the yeah. wrong person's name. I said the person's name from my previous speech where I'd also get a narrative. 
And the second I said it, I was like, oh, crap. Because it wasn't one of those, like, kind of sad topics. No, this was about, like, Syrian refugees who are, like, starving. And I was like, what the hell did I just do? And so uh, that probably was my worst AGD. Narratives are very complex and, like, memorizing the names. Yeah, for sure. So Mm -hmm. it, it happens. So is there anything else you think you want to leave Extempers Bible podcast listeners with or any last thoughts? Sure. Um, it's going to be my LaShore's third hot take. This is my third one. Ref- I think third so. One. Okay. I always wanted to say this if, um, if they, because you know how in like NSA national finals for PF and debate, you get one minute to give like a thank you speech, right? And so I always wanted to do this if, if they ever did it for Extemp. So I guess I'll do it on the podcast. Um, my little message to the extent world is to not sleep on local talent. And the reason I say that is because I start, I come from an extremely small speech debate team, right? Three people, we don't get a dime from our school. We are absolutely self-funded with the pockets out of, with the money out of the pockets. And we bootstrap ourselves. And so even though you'll never see us at like national tournaments or like these turkey tournaments, Granted, I do it on my own, but you know what I mean? Like, as a team, we never do it. We definitely know what it's like to go from a low skill level to somewhere where we can compete on the national stage if we wanted to and if we were capable of doing it. So what I'll say is it kind of links back to the whole, like, you don't know what you don't know, right? You may have never experienced local talent, but I promise you there are people all over the nation that just, if given the opportunity, could do really, really well. So don't sleep on local talent. And then the other message I'll give, my fourth and final hot take, is that if you are lucky enough to come from a school team, cherish them. Really, really cherish it. Because one of the things that's, that's sucked about me, sucked, not sucked about me, but sucked for me, is since I come from a small school, I've never had that team experience, right? As, um, as corny and maybe kind of lame as it sounds, going to national tournaments is great, but, and I have friends on the national circuit, but at the end of the day, when you don't have that team environment, it sucks, right? Having to not go to team dinners with your, uh, your members, not being able to do team practices, staying up late at the hotel, watching Netflix, you know, ding dong ditching, whatever it is, that team experience is so underrated. And it's something that I think a lot of people take for granted. And so obviously the reason we do speech and debate is because we want to do well. But it's also because we love what we do. We love having fun with our team members. And so if you're lucky enough to have that, always, always cherish it. Because I promise you, there are so many independent exemplars like myself that would love to be in your shoes. That's it. That's my sappy fourth take. That's that's the last hot take from LaShore. So thank you so much for listening to the Extempers Bible Podcast. And if you're interested in any free Extemp resources, including weekly questions and content briefs written by some of the greatest Extempers, be sure to check out our website, extempers.org, and our Instagram page, at the Extempers Bible. I'm Kate Lou. Thank you so much for letting me host. And LaShore, thank you for thank coming you. on to the podcast with all of your hot Can I give some shout-outs? Is that so. okay? Oh, yeah, okay. of course. Uh, I- <laughs> Uh, I want to shout out my friends, um, Gene, Cade, Andrew, Adam, Andrew, Milan. I also want to shout out my extemp friends uh, and my Academy 37 crew, Kate, of course, Kate Liu, uh, Brandon Chang, Waleed Hader, uh, Max, Valor, a uh, ton of other people. I really hope I'm not forgetting anyone. 
And I also want to shout out my team, my Sweet Chimay team, Aaron Tharp, Lalu James, Ethan Keeper, my captain, uh, so many other people. And of course, Matthew Abrams, my friend from Colorado, who I don't get to see, Coach Gherkin, the Utniff crew. And I think that's it. I think I've hit all the, all the people. <laughs> hey, any more thank yous can be said at any other yes. time. So mm-hmm. anyways, thanks so much for listening. And yeah, we'll see you all in 2024.